High Noon with George Hook. News Talk 106 to 108. All right, speaking uh, from her makeup tent as Operation Transformation, I'm joined now by the star of stage, screen, and radio, Dr. Kira Kelly. <laughs> Good afternoon, George. Yeah, now. I'm going to start with something that I kind of talked about last week, but other things have happened since, and we have some questions uh, that do it. This is the idea of soap, right? Last week I told you I was using Sanax, which isn't soap, right? Now, A, it fixed my itchy scrotum, which I've had for years, but I've also had a mole on my arm, and I was really worried about it because it changed colours, and then I'd scratch it, and it'd bleed, and so on. Now, since I started not stopped using soap, the moles disappeared. So I'm just saying to people listening, maybe, just maybe, if you've got itching or rashes or otherwise, soap may be the culprit. Uh, I, I completely agree with you, although I, I did get a tweet during the week. Someone suggested we were the itchy and scratchy show, George, that we're always going on about this. But here's the thing. I don't think we can say that uh, not using soap should have an effect on moles or warts because it shouldn't. And my only feeling there that is perhaps that whatever you were thinking was a mole or a wart, it wasn't. No, but it was there for 10 years. But here's my point. I have a question. Partner has a mole, listener says, that has changed colour and has an angry red ring around it. Please tell him that I'm right, the listener, and get it checked. And we both agree that you absolutely get something like a mole checked. Isn't that so? Oh, no, absolutely. And and, and there are moles and, and that moles rather than molas. There's moles that have a thing called a halo effect around them. This is the red ring she's talking about. Uh, sometimes they're referred to as halo nevus. Um, and she should get that checked. And because we, you know, I've said this many times on Operation Transformation, on, on the Hook Health Check rather, that you cannot for sure know when we're talking about dermatology over the radio what something looks like or what something is or, or, or that kind of thing. So any of the skin things that people want to talk to us about, any of the rashes, any of those sorts of things, we do like people to get things checked because, you know, we can't be sure. And even though we want to say, oh, that's probably fine, and it probably is, we still want them to get it checked. The only point I'm making, right, because you dismiss my uh, homegrown <laughs> philosophies every week, mm. the only point I'm making is that if you have itching, which, you know, particularly older people do have because yeah, apparently we're all senile, apparently, according to you, and, and or we itch. Then the first protocol is try dropping soap and using a non-soap thing like Sanex for argument's sake. That's all I'm saying as the first protocol. If that doesn't work, try something else. And here's the point. I'm not arguing with you on this point. Thank yeah. you very much. 15-year-old daughter keeps getting a rash on her bottom. Now, she's currently using caldecine spray and powder, which I'm well familiar with the old scrotum days. Happily, I don't use them anymore. Now, she is using an aqueous cream. In other words, an aqueous cream is a non-soap cream, isn't that right? It is. And people do use aqueous cream, George, as both a soap substitute. You can wash with aqueous cream. Yeah. So if you buy Silcox base and put a bit on your hands and use a bit of warm water, you can substitute it for soap. And then they also use it as an emollient or a moisturizer. Right. And we do say about these rashes, kind of the greasier, the better. We want kind of greasy. All right. But this 15-year-old girl is a horsewoman. Now, would you not get a rash on your bottom sitting on a saddle for X number of hours a day? No. 
That's very interesting. Yes, you could do, and the rash would not necessarily respond to silcox base because the rash may well be fungal. A spotty rash could occur from funguses because it's sweat from horse riding, but it could also be bacterial because sometimes, uh, just from a hygiene point of view, if you're, if you're doing a lot of horse riding or whatever, you could actually have uh, a bacterial spotty rash either because you get little spots yeah. that are impetigonous imp- okay. as well. Well, I mean, there's a couple of things. I, mean, I don't want to stay long on this, but like, if it's not our own horse and our own saddle, heaven knows how many bottoms have been sitting on the saddle. <laughs> no, but it's not, not true, so you don't know. Uh, uh, listen, jodhpurs and saddles jodhpurs. and horse riding and all that, don't, stop going anywhere, you. But jodhpurs and riding and, and, and saddles and all that, they do induce sweat, do you know what I mean? And yeah. Therefore, people do get rashes. People do get spots and all that kind of stuff. And they may need to use, yes, calcium powder, but they may need other kinds of topical tree, uh, treatments as well. And I'm not even just talking about topical steroids, busy. there are other kinds of uh, antibacterial or antifungal creams they may need as all well. Right. Now, I, I'm with this fella in Kerry, Peter. He sprained his ankle several times over the years playing rugby and football and everything. And then recently when he had an x-ray, he discovered he had broken his ankle and he never knew. Now, this happens all the time with people who play sport. They think they've sprained something, they broke it. And then years later, the doctor says to them, when did you break your ankle? And they say, yeah. I didn't know that. Now, he questioned for Dr. Kelly. Do you think he should get surgery now? Is he afraid of early arthritis? He's only 27. Will you just tell Peter, arthritis is now a certainty, tough luck, uh, store up on the painkillers and the rosaries and that's it. I tell you what I would I would say to him is 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 that having surgery in the joint will also result in arthritis. Thank so, you very much. So, yeah, so a break in a joint will result. We keep saying this week in week out, arthritis is fancy medical jar- jargon, you know, for wear and tear. Yeah. If you've broken a joint, you're going to have more wear and tear in it than, than you would have had otherwise. If you've had surgery to it, that's wear and tear too. So unless an orthopedic surgeon is saying to him, you know, you really need surgery on this for a, a very justifiable reason. I wouldn't dream of having any kind of surgery unless Correct. I absolutely needed it. Okay. Surgery is never a good idea unless the, the sort of the benefits far outweigh the right. risk. So they don't always. You agree. Stock up on I the painkillers, buy your rosary beads and offer it up. Correct? Yes. Okay, exactly. thank you very much. Exactly. Now, it, 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 more operations, right? Disc protrusion, this is very difficult, on the sciatic nerve. He's been told an op is his only option. It was cancelled in December due to lack of beds. His health insurance won't cover the procedure. Pain's terrible. He's taken all kinds of medication. Sleep is impossible. And he tips why I patiently wait for the bed. What, was he asking what should he do? Well, I'd be. Would you not advise him to hesitate on the old op on his back? No. Uh, truthfully, yes, I probably would. And 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 this this line in the face of obviously what's been recommended for him, and it is very difficult for you and I, despite our high level of expertise here, short. But it is very difficult because we don't know him personally. We don't know how much pain or distress yeah. he's in. No, he's in lot. He's in all kinds. But what of pain. I would say to you is, is, is there are a significant number of studies that show that back pain patients. If you look at the group who've had surgery for the pain, and if you look at the group that have not had surgery for the pain, so in other words, used physio and used painkillers and that kind of thing. If you look at those two groups, 
at a year on from surgery, they're both the exact same. Well, one so the thing ones I've had surgery yeah. and the ones who haven't are the same. And if you can avoid having surgery, I would always say avoid having Great, surgery. Thank you very much. We're in extraordinary agreement this morning. It's not like us. You it's should do like Operation us. Transformation more <laughs> often. Ian says enough is enough. There's been enough itchy scrotum from Hook. Well, I'm not talking about it anymore. It's gone. It's cured. Fixed. Um, then, uh, sorry, Kira Kelly question. If the Secret Service rubbed enough topical steroid cream onto Donald Trump, could he be fixed? Well, the good thing about topical steroid cream is the side effect is you can shrink things by using it. So if you have a big keloid scar, for example, you know, an, an ugly kind of swollen scar on your face, if you put topical steroids in that, you can shrink that down. So I was thinking from that question, if we were to bathe him in topical steroids, could we at least kind of shrivel him a bit? And, and, and that would be preferable to his current kind right. of bloated okay. ego, wouldn't it? Yes, but just the back pain fella, I forgot, he should get a second opinion, in my opinion, right? I, look, I would always say if you can avoid surgery, avoid surgery because be careful what you wish for. Lots of people are actually worse yeah. after back surgery and a considerable number of people are no better. Okay. Uh, that's, the, that's the deal, really. Nine-month-old's ears are full of wax. What should I do? I got into I got into all kinds of trouble for 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 some of my <laughs> old wives' tales. But a nine-month-old should do, do you know nothing. Exactly, exactly. Here, do you know why this mum knows the nine-month-old ears are full of wax? Because the wax is falling out into the little basin outside the, the, the hole oh, yeah, in your yeah, ear. Yeah, and you know yeah. that it's a basin? And that's what that basin is designed to do. It's designed to catch the wax as it falls out. And the fact that she can see wax on the outside of the ear means the ear is functioning perfectly. Do not be sticking a cotton pud oh, in there God, or, I will per- or I will personally call around to your house. And yeah. snap all your cotton buds yeah, into it. No, all. leave it alone. Wipe away the, the wax as it comes out with a bit of cotton wool, like a big yeah. ball of cotton wool, not a small amount yeah. that goes into the ear. And just leave it alone. That's your ear functioning beautifully. Well done, nine-month-old ear. Right. What's the yeah. best cure for shoulder pain, Sue and Kildare says? I get my husband to rub my shoulders, but they're sore again within a few minutes. It's very frustrating. Get a different husband. Would that not fix it? That is one. Get a, a husband with bigger, stronger hands. Yes, that's definitely one option. I would suggest go and see a physiotherapist as a starting point. See but don't go to your muscular. husband. No, seriously, no. I mean, kidding apart. You well, give out to me for homemade remedies. But if I had a pain in my shoulder, I wouldn't be going to my wife and saying, give my shoulder a rub. Well, not everyone has... Some people's relationships are different, George. Maybe this lady has, has a relationship with, with a husband who's very good. He could, he could work at a sports club, for all we know. But look, I would suggest a physiotherapist let them have a look at it. And sometimes you do need a scan, but that's down the line. Sometimes you need some anti-inflammatories, and sometimes if your shoulder is very painful, you might need a shoulder injection. But I would suggest physio as a first port of call. That's yeah. the best idea. Just tell your husband do some watch television. Uh, anyway, <laughs> it's uh, Dr. Kerry Kelly on the Hook Health Checkup. Uh, now, um, the Eva uh, says the four-year-old has a nasty, chesty cough. Now, isn't it a bit like the nine-month-old wax? Don't four-year-olds get nasty, chesty coughs and you give them a bit of whatever, Benadryl or whatever you call it before they go to bed and all is hunky-dory, No. Well, I would never, I'm not sure what Benadryl is, but I, I wouldn't be using it. But here's the thing, you're kind of right, though, in fairness to you. Preschool kids, so kids below the age, sort of going to big school and junior infants or what have you, so that's probably this kid. They get about 
six of these kinds of uh, respiratory tract infections per year. And when you think about that, that's once every two months. They probably last a week or 10 days. So basically once about every uh, six or seven weeks they're going to have one of these things. You know what yeah. I mean? It, it, like it, it really is quite a lot of the time that they spend coughing. Yeah, they, do not, yeah. they don't require antibiotics. No. They don't require anything. Most of these things are completely self-limiting. Nine out of ten of them are caused by common or garden viruses. That's right. Yes, they can last a week. Yes, they can last three weeks if you're unlucky. Okay. But, you know, a steam is still very good. A drop of calpol is very good. You know, maybe sometimes elevating the, 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 the head with an extra pillow at night gives them a bit of relief if they're four years of age okay. or whatever. But, you know, don't, like, we don't need to over-treat every time somebody oh, coughs correct. or sniffles. Uh, chesty coughs are like nits in the hair. They're just part of growing up. <laughs> Yeah, well, maybe. We do now, not treat nits, actually. You may not treat a cough, but I would suggest treating nits. All right. What about osteopaths? Can, what can you do about a pinched nerve and how is it diagnosed? Now, this is the fellow who was, the other fellow was getting an operation. The first thing is that a pinched nerve um, happens because there's wear and tear in your back and then it pinches nerve and suddenly you get the pain, which is called referred pain, down your leg or something. Isn't that right? But, yeah, that's but the thing is, yeah. you don't go to the seventh son of a seventh son. No, you don't go to the seventh son of a seventh son. Um, I would suggest if an osteopath has, has diagnosed you with a trap nerve, maybe what you want to do first of all is confirm that with an, an MRI scan and make sure that you do just have a trap nerve and then from there we decide what you need to do about The epidural often, works well. It does and so does physiotherapy and so does exercise and weight loss. Good back maintenance and good back care is very important and it comes, it's everything, George, from how you move to your posture, to keeping mobile and active, to keeping your weight down. All of these things contribute yeah. to good back care. Swimming, yoga, Pilates, all of these things are very, very good. And we do need to look after our back pain because back yeah. pain is almost ubiquitous. Almost every adult has okay. back pain at some sort of stage in their lives. Or getting your husband to rub your back apparently works very well. Yes. Now, what about this poor fella or lady? Suffered from terrible chest pain for the last 12 months and renders breathless, very stiff, Cause extreme pain in the breastbone, and the pain has now moved to my ribs in recent weeks. ECG clear. Doctor believes it may have been costochondritis. However, this pain is constant and prolonged. Okay, costochondritis is an inflammation of the cartilage that joins your ribs to your breastbone, and it's kind of a diagnosis of exclusion. And what I mean by that is it very much can mimic cardiac chest pain, and we don't know certainly on the radio, whether this is cardiac chest pain or costochondritis. Um, you have to exclude cardiac chest pain to say it's costochondritis. And how you do that is with an ECG, but also usually with blood tests, with things called serial data, where they look at your cardiac enzymes, stuff like that. And for some people to really confirm or deny the presence, because those things show you if you're having a heart attack, but they're not always adequate for showing you if there's actually cardiac changes that are somewhat worrying there. Sometimes you need a thing called a stress test George, you know when you go go on an ECG on a treadmill? Yeah. Yeah, so that might be something that this okay. person should look at. And personally, if I was getting chest pain, if it was me, I'd be going on an ECG. On yeah, a but, but he got an ECG and the ECG was fine. But a static ECG isn't good enough. Oh. A, a, a static ECG is like a, a snapshot. Oh. 
and okay. uh, a, a treadmill is like a video. Do you All know right. what I mean? Well, the whole world is delighted that my rashes and itchy areas have gone. But a lot of children, there's much rejoicing. A lot of children with eczema. So one listener says my son used emollients and and the eczema got worse because he was allergic to liquid paraffin, which was in a lot of those moisturizers. Yes, however, true. however, another listener got a copper and zinc cream in the canaries. Eczema gone over. Overnight. Why did yep. why did the listener have to wait eight years to go to the Canaries together? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure I can answer that. Do you know what I just thought about you as well? Did you change your car recently? Did you change from leather car seats to cloth car seats? Uh, which is the more expensive? Uh, leather is more expensive and cloth is less expensive. But leather can make us sweat. Oh, I don't sweat. And I, yeah, yeah. I'm just wondering about about your, your. I'm just wondering about your scrotum, George. I'm just wondering, was it your change of car? All right. No, Demo and Balding Glass. He seems to be suffering from tonsillitis or tonsil stones. Any cure? What can he do? Tonsillitis. If you're getting recurrent tonsillitis, the best cure is. To, and I'm banging on about surgery being bad for you, but. Um, the best cure for recurrent tonsillitis is to take them out. But tonsil stones are sometimes called tonsillates. They're collections of uh, debris in the creases of your tonsils. And they're not actually stones. They're, they're sort of white, okay. cheesy material. And they're, and they're, and they're foul-smelling okay. is the main problem that people have with them. You have to answer this question very quickly. Ventlafaxine. This causes terrible emotional problems for this poor person. Uh, no emotion, no feelings, can't cry. How do you get him off that, Charlie? He shouldn't be on it. Um, I'll be very straight. I don't like the drug Ventlafaxine. Uh, it's, it's an antidepressant, but I find it, uh, one is it, it raises your blood pressure. You need to be monitored quite closely on that score. But two is it, it's very hard to go on. It's all right when you are on it, but it's very hard to come off. There's a discontinuation okay. syndrome that makes people feel sick. I think he needs to go and talk to his doctor, and I think he needs to have a structured weaning off that drug. All right, that's uh, Kira Kelly. Every Sunday morning at 9 a.m., of course, Kira's own show on News Talk Sunday at 9, Alive and Kicking.